Worship songwriters. Last week, we talked about lyrics and worship music and the four-step process to writing a worship song. But what do you do when it comes to adding chords to your melody? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to be talking about chords and melody and how to actually compose your song and make it groove. But before that, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free PDF. It's called 25 Chart-Topping Arrangement Tricks That Work. If you're in a worship team or having a worship practice and there's a song that needs an extra gear, it needs a little something else, Download this PDF and take it to your practice. It gives you 25 great ideas for arrangement tricks on how to grab and keep people's attention. And then it gives you a couple sentences about why that trick works. And then it gives you a song from the radio that you can listen to that exemplifies the trick. Again, it's totally free. You can also click on the link nearby and that is www.blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. Also, I wanted to let you know that until Christmas day, my course, Sparkling Electric Guitar, is on sale. Usually it's $97, but until Christmas Day, it is on sale for $35. It's an excellent resource for electric guitarists who want to learn more about how to play in a worship setting. You learn how to leave space. You learn how to find space for yourself. You learn how to play in such a way that brings you out and makes you sound clear without the sound guy having to do anything. Again, it's only $35 until Christmas Day, so make sure to go to blueprintsounds.com to get more info on that course. All right, with that said, let's talk about chords and songwriting. We're gonna be looking at the verse section of my song, Make It Your Home. And the reason I wanted to show this one to you is because with some simple chord substitutions, your song can go from meh to, oh, that's actually really interesting. So I'm uh, just a couple of housekeeping things. I have a capo on, but I'm gonna be talking as if I don't have a capo on. So my basic three chords are the C, the D and the G, but if you're in concert pitch, that's actually a D and E and an A, but it would, it would confuse my, my meager brain too much. So let's listen to the most stripped down version of the verse that I could possibly do, and that's just using a C, a D, and a G. So here it goes. The highest heavens can't contain you. You set your throne upon the clouds For years we long to see that kingdom But the waiting of our souls is over now Okay, that gets us started. I should mention, if, if you're wondering about the lyrics and how I wrote them, please go back and watch part one of this series. But in this one, we're, we're talking about what chords to use to make that more interesting. Some people would argue that if you strip any song down, you're gonna get down to three chords, the one chord, the four chord, and the five chord. In this case, the one chord is the G, the four chord is the C, and the five chord is the D. But it sort of lays there, and it, there's not much going on. Well, what I'm thinking 
while I'm writing this. And it's all kind of happening at the same time. The the songwriting, the lyrics are happening at the same time as the chords are happening. It all it kind of gets built together. But what I'm after is a more interesting bass line. Because if I just take the C, the D, and the G, the way that I first did it isn't very interesting to me. What I heard in my melody tipped me off that I might be able to find a more interesting bass line somewhere with different chords. Because here's a, here's a tip for you. If you have an interesting melody and you have an interesting bass line, you have 80% of what you need because the bass does two really, really important things. First, the bass gives the foundation of the rest of your chord. Right? Your melody is saying something about what chord you're gonna use. Obviously, you can't use the complete wrong chord underneath your melody. But when you put a bass note in, the rest of the stuff is easily filled in by the other instruments. So what I'm thinking is, okay, the highest heaven can continue. Ooh, those first two words, the highest, there was kind of a pulse there. And then it happened again for you set your throne. Okay, you set four years we, okay. So at the beginning of each one of those stanzas, those first two words, hit harder. That tips me off that that's where my groove lies. Right now, I'm only playing one chord on the second word of each one of those important stanzas. But what if I could put a chord before that? So what I'm going to do is do what's called a G over B. That's a slash chord. And that just means that I've got a G chord that I'm leaving out the normal G bass note. And I'm putting in the G over B meaning that the B is now the new bass and the G is over the top of that. That's why it's called G over B. That does something cool. That gives me that little punch that I wanted. Ooh, that gives me that interesting beginning of a groove there. So let's listen to what that does. One, two, three. The highest heavens can contain you. Set your throne upon the clouds. All right, we've already made a lot of progress just with the addition of one chord because it, it moves you a little bit more. Again, the bass is really important. Oh, I never mentioned the second thing that the bass does. The first thing the bass does, it gives you the basis of your chord. The second thing that the bass does is it has rhythmic information. It's actually a percussion instrument. And it is telling the drum, specifically the kick drum, hey, what's our pulse going to be? So when I go, that's going to be done by the bass guitar eventually, down low. And the kick, you know, the drummer is going to look at the bass drum, the bass player, and he's going to say, oh, he's doing that. I'm going to do And all of a sudden, your song has a groove that it didn't have before. Don't expect that your band, when you present it to them, is magically just going to add that groove. That might happen, and when you collaborate with a team, if you don't know all this, it's nice that the bass player and the drummer will do that, they'll add it for you. But what if you had it at the beginning of the song? And that's what I was aiming for. I want this song to groove when it's just me, because then it's going to groove even harder when we add a bass player and a drummer. So that's, that's the two things. Again, just to recap, the bass contains the 
the last word as to what your chord is going to be, but it also contains the rhythmic information for the groove, which gets picked up by your drummer, and then what the drummer does, that tells the band, oh, this is what the song feels like. Let's keep going. So I did that G over B to C thing. That was kind of cool. But the, the chords are basically C, D, G, C, D, G. Well, that's going to get boring after a while. So what I do is on the second time around, because the audience has already heard C, D, G, I'm going to use a chord substitution. I've realized, ooh, E minor 7 can be used in place of the G because they have two notes in common. And so that sounds like this. Instead of C, D, G. We get C, D, E minor 7. Ooh, now that is interesting. So let's listen to the first part of the verse where it goes C, D, G, the second time C, D, E minor 7. The highest heavens can't contain you. You set your throne upon the clouds. Oh, that's much better. That E minor 7 is, has more meaning, and it, you know, it, it just has more character. That's much better than just the regular G. Okay, third time, again, it was C, D, G. If I try it on the, if I try that E minor 7 trick on the third time, for years we long to see that kingdom. No, that's not quite right. But what could work is if I go G, D over F sharp, that's another slash chord, meaning that it's a D, but at the bottom lying underneath the D is the F sharp, and then an E minor 7. That's called a rundown when you do it on the bass. That little descending bass line. And then I just throw in the chords to match. So, for years we long to see that kingdom. Mmm, very good. So even though it started out a really simple thing, C, D, G, we flexed it enough to where it was different every time and that gives the song more interest. All right, we're on our last section. The waiting of our souls is over now. But the waiting of our souls is over now. So you can hear in my melody, I went up and I wanted that last section heightened. So that's where your D chord comes in because for you theory people, the most movement you can have is from a one chord, in this case the G, to a five chord, the D. So every other chord progression was landing on a one or something like a one, which is the sixth chord. The last time I wanted to have it go up, so I'm going to put my five chord at the end of the progression. But just going C to D, eh, it's okay, but it's not that interesting. There's got to be another, another thing. So what I did was I took out the C and I put in its place an A minor seven because the A minor 7 has two notes in common with the C. All I have to do is move my bass note. So instead of, I get, ooh, much more interesting, much more character. And then, so that's the waiting of our souls. Well, that note, the C felt right, except that the souls note is a B. So that means I wind up with a C, but the B on top, that's a C major 7. Ooh, that's a cool chord. So I get A minor 7, C major 7, and then we can put the D at the end. Hmm. But the waiting of our souls is over now. 
Again, it would have been fine with a C and a D, but it's more interesting with an A minor 7 chord substitution because, again, what I was looking for was what's a more interesting bass line, and then that kind of led me to a solution. So now to show you how this all works together, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to just sing the melody and play the bass line on the guitar. Because like we said, if you have a melody and you have a half-decent bass line, you have 80% of your song. So I'm going to play it once with just the bass, and then I'll throw in the rest of the chords, and you can hear what the whole thing sounds like. So here we go. One, two, three. The highest heavens can't contain you, for you set your throne upon the clouds. to see that kingdom but the waiting of our souls is over now did you notice how you still kind of heard the rest of it again that's how important the bass is if you have an interesting bass you've made your chords more interesting and if you have an interesting bass you've given your song a groove which then your drummer will take and then everybody else can pile into the middle stuff. The piano, the guitar, they can do all those inner voicings. But if you've got a melody and you've got a good bass line, you are on your way. So let's listen one more time to the full thing with all the chord substitution. One, two, three. The highest heavens can contain you. For you set your throne upon the cloud. that kingdom but the waiting of our souls is over now and there you go good luck to you as you work on your next song hey i hope that episode helps you and i hope that as we finish out this year and start the new year that you make it a resolution to start writing more of your own original worship songs your church needs it I want to let you know I'm taking a week off for Christmas, but I'll be back in the new year. God bless and goodbye.